Hello and welcome to Bereaved Motherhood and All Entails. I'm your host, Mackenzie, and on today's episode, we're going to be talking about grief triggers and how to handle them. So triggers and grief, it can be a really complicated um, idea and concept. And it's something that anyone who has experienced grief will experience. There will be things that trigger your emotions. Um, This happens even outside of grief. There's always triggers um, that can make us feel a certain way about something because of past experiences we may or may not have had. But obviously, for our episode and our listeners, we are on the path of grief and the grief of grieving a child who has passed away. And so there can be a lot that can trigger bereaved parents. And often and unfortunately, a lot of our triggers are things that other people might not recognize or even understand because um Our loss is unique and it's often a loss that others really can't relate to. It's, you know, a unique grief in that regard. And it's also a type of loss that most people don't want to think can happen. And so they kind of avoid it and just push it out. So I think that makes it extra hard um, just because of society-wise what is and isn't accepted within our grief. But some of the very first things to understand about triggers is what are they? And they're just anything that brings up an intense emotion. So for example, you can be having a great day. You can just be going about your business. And then all of a sudden you smell something, you hear something, um, you get a text message, uh, somebody walks by, something happens and it elicits a feeling that may have been suppressed, that might be, you know, buried deep down inside that doesn't often resurface, but whatever it is, it's causing this emotional feeling to resurface. And it's often a very intense emotional feeling and something that brings your grief right back center stage. You're in the middle of it all. Even if it's been months or years since you, um, since your loss, and you might even feel like, Hey, I have a pretty good handle on my grief. Maybe you even feel like you've come to a point of acceptance in your grief journey, but then all of a sudden you're right back, you're grieving, you're having a really hard time. It can put you into panic attacks. It can give you anxiety attacks. It can completely make you freeze and melt. Um, you know, there's obviously varying levels of how triggering something can be and how dramatic of a response can ensue. But anything like that is a grief trigger. Some of them, it's easy to recognize. You know, we can look at our calendar, we can circle certain dates and be like, okay, this is a hard day, you know, a day of a birth, a day of a death, um, a holiday, a family event, um, anything that you just know going into it, yep, this is this is going to be hard because of my loss. And those are a lot easier because we can recognize them, A, and then B, we can kind of prepare ourselves for them and do our best to be emotionally equipped to kind of have all of our resources and strategies in place to best handle the trigger. And, you know, we come with our A game. We come with our toolbox full of all of the tools that we've developed through grieving that we can use. And, you know, the more of these types of triggers we face and encounter, the more 
we know how to build our toolbox and we know how to better use the tools within them. And so those can be, in a sense, actually easier to handle. Now, that doesn't always mean that they're going to be easy to handle. They can still be incredibly difficult. But the ones that can be harder to at least prepare for are the ones that are unexpected. And, you know, unfortunately, there are a lot of things that unexpectedly can just transpire in our day that can be very triggering and bring about these deep, deep feelings of grief, of sadness, and of emotion. Potentially, you know, you just have your Spotify playlist playing as you're cooking your dinner, and all of a sudden a certain song comes on. And maybe the lyrics of the song or the song itself brings up memories. Maybe it was a song you listened to when you were pregnant. Maybe it was a song that was sung at a funeral. Maybe just the lyrics of the song really um, touch home, you know, touch close to home or something. And now all of a sudden, your perfectly good day, you were mindlessly, you know, chopping your veggies for your stir fry. And now, you know, you're a mess, you're on the floor, you're in tears, and you're just having a really hard time. And again, it was completely unexpected. You didn't think about it. It, you know, you had no forewarning. It just hits you here and there. And often in those situations, it's harder to handle it because it is so unexpected. You know, we didn't have our tool belt ready. We weren't preparing ourselves for this. We were just absentmindedly going about our day doing our routines, you know, keeping up with the demands of life. And then here we are smacked in the face with our grief. Often the emotions that are elicited in a grief trigger are anger, anxiety, panic, frustration, crying, um, guilt, a sense of loneliness, feeling completely worthless or lacking all motivation, um, panic, kind of shock where you just don't even know what to do next. Those are all really common trigger responses, especially when um, the trigger is unexpected. So whenever you face a trigger, it is important to identify, okay, what has triggered me? What is causing this reaction? Why am I all of a sudden overwhelmed with my grief? And it's good to be able to keep your wits about you enough that you can understand what's happening around me to make me feel this way. Um, And it's usually something that's going to have caused you to remember a detail about your loss. It could be very obscure. It could be about your loved one. It could be about something that happened to them or something that never happened to them that maybe you were looking forward to doing with them. And all of a sudden that missed opportunity or that past memory, it just hits you like a ton of bricks with deep, deep emotion. But A, when you are handling these triggers, it's really important to identify what is it that's triggering me. We want to learn our triggers. As we learn them, we can better handle them. Even when they hit us unexpectedly, we are better at, you know, playing defense and being like, okay, this is what's happening. This is how I need to respond rather than, you know, just being taken completely off guard. Um, it's kind of like if you watch football and the defense is blitzing, you're the quarterback and all of a sudden, you know, you've been slammed to the ground and you have no idea what hits you. Well, before the next play, it's good to identify, all right, what happened so that the next time you're in the pocket and you start to see that formation, you know, you still might be getting sacked, but you can recognize it. Maybe you can go down a little bit easier. Maybe you can throw the ball away. It's still a loss, right? The play was still unsuccessful but you handled it better. There was some 
preparation for it because you were able to identify it coming at you, even if it was, you know, unexpected. And so that can be really, really helpful. It's also important that in that moment, you accept your feelings, whether you're feeling, you know, angry or anxious or overwhelmed or lonely, or you're feel guilty or you're crying or whatever that emotion is that's hitting you, that you just accept your feelings and recognize it's okay to feel this way. When we try to hide our grief, when we try to suppress these feelings surrounding grief, we actually know from studies that it prolongs the grieving process, that intense grieving process. It's not a good way to process grief or to handle grief is by just burying all these feelings and trying to submerge them. Eventually that dam will break and they will come forth. And so it's better to handle it as it as it hits you to accept the feeling, feel it, you know, don't try to suppress it. Don't try to just tuck it back away in that chest and lock the door, feel it, you know, be honest with your emotions. Um, and then once we do this enough, it'll become second nature. We'll just learn to accept these feelings and accept these waves of grief. And when it happens, we just understand, okay, this is a wave. I'm being hit by a wave. That's okay. I'm allowed to grieve. I'm allowed to have these feelings. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with me. It's not that, oh, well, it's been X amount of years, so I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't be feeling this way anymore. No, you will always grieve for the rest of your life. You know, as we say again and again, grief is love with no place to go. You know, we can't actively show love to our, you know, beloved child. And so we get hit by grief and that's totally normal. And so we just take it and we accept these feelings and we know that this wave will pass. You know, you're not going to be submerged in the water for forever. And the longer you go through this grieving process and the more of these feelings you have, the more you'll begin to understand that and accept that. And it's just part of healthy grieving. So accept those feelings, regardless of where you are. You know, you might have to step away. You might have to leave. It doesn't matter, but accept it, feel it, you know, process it. It can be really helpful while you're processing these feelings if you can have a safe place to go. So, you know, maybe you kind of have a code word with your employees or one particular coworker that you can just tell that person, you know, your code word, and then they know, okay, they're having a hard time. You know, they're going to dismiss themselves and go to their private place to grieve and to experience these feelings. And I'm going to, you know, kind of cover for them here and tidy up whatever it is that maybe they need tidied up here at the office. Um, it can mean that, okay, you know what, when I have these feelings, I'm going to stop cooking dinner. I'm going to turn off the stove. I'm going to go into my bedroom. I'm going to shut my door. I'm going to feel safe, secure, and I'm going to experience this, you know, rather than trying to fight through the tears, the anger, the frustration, the pain, you know, as you're cooking your stir fry that could, you know, potentially lead to injury. You know, you're not thinking clearly, you're upset, you could hurt yourself, you could potentially hurt somebody else. Um, so it's just better to just pause everything and retreat to somewhere that's safe so that you can process this and feel these things. Um, I think it's also really, really important to practice positive self-talk. You know, when we're having extreme feelings, when we're grieving, there's often an internal dialogue that is occurring in our mind. And it's important for that dialogue not to condemn these feelings, not to be lecturing yourself, chewing yourself out, 
out like why are you crying you look you know silly you're making a fool out of yourself here get it together you know what's your problem it's been x amount of time you know you need to move on you just got to get it together whatever it is those types of words they're not encouraging they're not true and they're not going to help you they're going to just hinder you you will never move on you always move forward and grieving and these triggers is part of moving forward it's part of the process you know, you, you're not a fool. You don't look silly because you're grieving. So rather than the negative self-talk, which often is what people will start to employ in these situations, practice positive self-talk, accept your feelings, say, Hey, it's okay. You feel this way. You've experienced a really big loss, a great loss. You're grieving. This is natural. I never, I'm going to outgrow my grief. Just like I'm never going to outgrow my love for my child. So i it's expected. It's okay that I'm going to have hard moments, hard days, you know, times like this and just accepting it and talking to yourself positively where you can encourage yourself through the grief while also accepting the feelings that you're having. And that can really help us long-term psychologically, um, emotionally, mentally, when we practice that positive self-talk. And we know that you know, in regards to pretty much everything, not just grief, but that it's also true in grief. So it's a good thing to practice. It can be really helpful um, as your grief process goes on and more and more time goes by to start to take note of, you know, what triggers you so that you can begin to maybe somewhat anticipate it. No, you know what? I might be triggered by something from this. I might not be, but I know that there's a possibility. Sometimes things like this I find triggering, or sometimes in these situations, somebody will say or do something that really triggers me. So you don't go into it saying, yep, this is going to be a hard event, but you go into it knowing, okay, sometimes people's words and actions and this topic or in this area can really bring pain to me. And so you can kind of anticipate it and prepare yourself for it so you're not so caught off guard. And that can really help the processing. You know, when you're really caught off guard, when you're going about your day, everything's fine, you're not expecting anything unusual, and then you're just hit in the face with a trigger, it often can result in a lot greater, more dramatic reaction and can be almost harder to recover from then if there's some anticipation of, okay, I might be triggered with this situation, this topic, and you can kind of prepare yourself for it so it doesn't just knock you off your feet um, and it doesn't feel like, you know, a punch to the gut that was completely unexpected. You weren't just blindsided by it. And then it's also important to know that you're still on course with your grieving. Just because something triggers you, just because you have a really intense emotion or reaction to something does not mean that you took 10 steps back in your grief journey. It doesn't mean you're back to day one. It doesn't mean you're back to month one or even to the first year. This is not a regression. This is actually a progression because there's going to be triggers your whole life. You're going to be hit with things and you're going to have emotional responses. We're emotional people and that's part of our design. It's part of what makes us human, right? We're not sociopaths. We're supposed to have emotions. We're supposed to have feelings. So it should be expected that we're going to continue to be hit by waves of grief And at times it's going to look different because the grieving process isn't neat and clean. It's much more of a zigzaggedy line that goes all over the place. And when we can kind of accept that and recognize that, yep, this is just part of the process. It doesn't mean I've regressed. It doesn't mean something's wrong with me. Nope. This is just part of me continuing forward in my grief. 
then it can also be a lot easier to kind of recover from that trigger and to just, you know, continue to move forward in your grieving because you recognize this is just part of it. You know, we want to think of grief as this straight line of just, okay, I'm going to improve. I'm going to improve. Maybe there'll be a few hiccups here and there, but I'm pretty much just, you know, going up the mountain, getting better. And that's not at all it. You know, grief is messy. It's all over the place. And as we accept that and become more and more comfortable with it, it helps whenever these triggers and these immense feelings hit us when we don't expect it or when we feel like we've been doing so well and we don't have to become discouraged that, oh, you know, I had made so much progress. Now I've so regressed, you know, we just know, nope, it's just part of it. And it's actually all normal and healthy and part of grieving and moving forward in grief. Like this is the way it's supposed to look, even though it appears messy. Um, and then it's important when you look at your reactions to not compare it. Don't think, well, man, this was so hard for me. I reacted so strongly and so-and-so who experienced maybe something similar, maybe something not similar, but for whatever reason, you're comparing yourself to so-and-so and you're like, man, they only reacted like this. Oh, I, you know, I was way over the top. Like, no, your feelings are okay. And you don't need to compare your feelings or the way you react to certain things with someone else. Because even if we're like in this podcast, right, our community, we're all moms, we've all lost children. So we've all been through something really, really similar, but we're going to react differently because we're different people. We have different personalities. We have different life experiences. And so our emotions are going to be different. Our grief process is going to look different. Your grief process is unique to you because you're a unique person. There has never been anyone like you ever, you know, prior to you or after you, you're one of a kind. And so your grief is also one of a kind. And so when we compare ourselves to others, you're just setting yourself up for failure. And so just recognize your feelings. Don't worry about comparing them to others. Um, <clears throat> often feeling anxious, anxiety, panic, it is definitely something that goes hand in hand with grief. And it often comes up when we're being triggered. And again, when we can recognize, okay, this anxiety I'm starting to feel, this panic I'm feeling, this is part of my grieving. It's part of that response. It can really help control the anxiety and control the panic so that it doesn't become like a full-blown panic attack or anxiety attack. Um, of course, if that happens, you know, again, it's fine. It's, it's you know, part of grieving, but it can be helpful, you know, to avoid the panic attack or the anxiety attack if we possibly can. Most of us, you know, don't enjoy those. And so if we can kind of recognize, all right, these feelings are starting, this is normal, this happens with grief, and then how can I best respond to those feelings of anxiousness to maybe protect myself from going full-blown panic attack or full-blown anxiety attack? And again, it's still going to happen from time to time, but as you begin to recognize these feelings, you can be better prepared to handle them so that you don't um, suffer so greatly, which can just be something that's helpful for us and our mental health and, you know, keeping our day somewhat together. So those are all some things that really can be helpful whenever you're dealing with triggers and how do I understand what a trigger is? How do I handle them? How do I process them? And how do I accept them? Because triggers are part of grieving and they're normal, they're natural, and they're actually healthy, but we can um, really be shaken by them. You know, they can really rattle us. They can really be 
a lot to deal with emotionally, physically. You know, they can take a real toll on us and be a great burden. So it can be helpful if we have tools in our tool belt of how we can best handle these triggers when they occur, um, recognizing the different types, you know, and just helping ourselves in our grief journey. You know, we all have the tools in our toolbox that we use for our job and for all these roles and spheres that we um, participate in life. And grief is no different. You know, we should also have tools in our tool belt for our grief and how to best handle that and to help ourselves so that we, um, you know, can just help ourselves through this journey and have what we need, the resources we need to make grieving you know, easier on us emotionally, mentally, psychologically. And so I think triggers are something that regardless of how early you are in your grief journey or how far you are in your grief journey, it's something we all struggle with. It's something we all face. It's never something you outgrow. There's going to be triggers forever. I think especially when we're dealing with the loss of a child, because with our the death of our child, as we all know, yes, we lost our baby, but we also lost our future. So we have all these triggers of what we were supposed to experience with them, you know, milestones that we looked forward towards. And so even as time goes on, you know, we're still missing more and more milestones, more and more things that we were supposed to do. And those can all be triggers. So it it's something that will follow us literally to the day we die because we were never supposed to bury our children. And so these triggers were never going to outgrow because you're never going to outgrow the love for your child. And it's never like you're at a point where it's like, oh, okay, now they were supposed to die. So now there's no more triggers. Like, no, you're never supposed to bury your child. So it's going to be forever. And so I just think it's really helpful if we can recognize them, be honest about them, not be ashamed of them, not made to feel bad or guilty or like something's wrong with us for having them. Um, but recognizing, yeah, this is normal. This is part of grief. And this is part of something that's going to follow me for the rest of my life. So how do I best recognize them, handle them and help myself through them? And I hope that, you know, this episode gave you some helpful tools on understanding triggers and how you can hopefully manage them to the best of your ability and not be detrimental to your own mental health, to your own grieving process. Um, you know, I'm so sorry that we're in this club, that we're in this group and that we have to talk about things like triggers and how they're going to last forever, how we're never going to outgrow them, how this is just, you know, a part of our new normal life. You know, it can be sad and discouraging, but I think, you know, a more healthy outlook is to just accept that this is going to be part of it. And yeah, it stinks. It sucks. It's not fair. It's horrible. But instead of staying in the, this stinks, this sucks, this is horrible phase, like, yes, let's recognize that. But then let's move on to the next step of like, okay, what am I going to do about it now? Like, I can't bring my child back from, you know, the grave. So how am I going to handle this moving forward in my life? Because this is something that's going to travel with me for forever. So I just hope that this was a help to you. Again, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for being part of this community. I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. You are awesome. You're the most amazing, wonderful mothers that there ever could be. And I'm so sorry that we're on this road together. But thank you for listening and feel free to contact the podcast. We love to hear from you. And um, we look forward to seeing you next week.